Is it normal to have a sore throat from screaming at the flambeau parade? I'm asking for a friend. This year was our family's first fiesta as residents of San Antonio because of all the COVID madness and all the things that were canceled. And we had a blast. The fact that the parade route is now right by the church means that many of us have spent a lot of quality time here at the church these last couple of days. For the annual youth fundraiser, selling parking spots and parade seats, we had a lot of fun. And let me tell you something that I learned about you, church, in these last couple of days. You are amazing. You are hilarious. You are hardworking. You persevere when things are kind of difficult. You are joyful. You don't turn on each other. When there's heat and lots of carrying of heavy chairs, like, why are St. John's chairs so much heavier than our chairs? <laughs> Unless you're Annabelle, you're in trouble. So all of that with a positive, loving attitude, well done. It was so incredible to work alongside you at Fiesta and beyond for the kingdom of God. And it was exciting to have our first Fiesta here in San Antonio, but I got to say, as a pastor, I was a little nervous when I looked at the calendar and saw that Fiesta was right before Easter. I also realized, though, that it's kind of the most perfect time to have Fiesta because it intersects with Palm Sunday. Because what is the triumphal entry if not the Battle of Flowers or Flambeau for the King of Kings? No one needed Jesus to show off his shoes because his sandals were highly visible on the side of the colt. But there was a sense of joy like we experienced during Fiesta here in San Antonio of the community coming together to celebrate something really good, to lift up hope together, to, to have a really a, an incredible slice of life that celebrates exactly the intersections that exist in our neighborhoods and in our city. So what we remember today at Palm Sunday is a parade, a really lovely moment of cohesion and community just like we experienced yesterday and the day before. And I bet some of the disciples had sore throats after all of that too. And if they would have had medals to pass out, they would have done so. As high as that day was, though, we also remember that it was a really good moment before everything fell apart. Jesus rode into Jerusalem that day to the applause of the masses, to an incredible sense of joy, an incredible sense of hope. But little did anyone know, as they welcomed him into town, that their hopes would quickly be dashed, that their rejoicing would be turned into shouts of crucify him, that their hope would sour into anger as Jesus did not turn out to be who they thought he would be, a warrior king who would come and save them from the oppressive Roman occupation. But all of that negativity, anger, betrayal, we'll get to that. We have later in the week to remember and walk through those moments today we recognize the high hopes of the disciples and others. This Lucan account of the triumphal entry is different than others. Other ones talk a lot about the Hosannas. You don't even see that in the gospel. And instead, Luke focuses on the disciples, those closest to Jesus, actions, responses, and expectations. For them, it was like an incredible victory, finally coming back into town where they'd been kind of ostracized and talked bad about and had to have been giddy 
relieved, finally felt like they were winning. Moments like this, when we have these high moments and then everything goes away, can feel untrue. The calm before the storm, the everything is going great montage before the plot twist, the parade before the crucifixion. But just because the momentum changed or things did not turn out the way things were expected to does not make these moments untrue. It simply means that these moments are meant for a different purpose than we thought. These moments of goodness and unity are so valuable, especially when things go wrong. They provide a fabric and framework of community, of solidarity, of teamwork, of trust. So when the bottom drops out, we are not alone. The relationship and strengths that we foster and grow in good times are the support network that we have on our worst days. None of us like to think about the horrible possibilities that life holds, but they are always there, playing around the periphery of our lives and other people's stories and experiences. This last week, he honored my dad's birthday, the fourth since we lost him. I had the most supportive dad. He would always sit in the same place uh, right in front of my pulpit at Burlington Lutheran when he would come to worship. And if I close my eyes, I can see him there still listening intently with a warm smile on his face, taking notes to his own daughter's sermon. After he died, I cried so much that my eyes swelled completely shut. At church, I couldn't get through the liturgy. I cried through my sermons as my mind reminded me of his absence. But the incredible relationship that I had with my church, with my friends, with my family, sustained me. It literally lifted me up. The framework that was built from shared ministry and laughter and connection, just like what we shared this week with the parades, was not just for the big win. It was meant to support me in my most devastating I'm sure each of you have had similar experiences. <coughs> that the emotional bonds you've created on good days have turned into sustenance on your worst. This is what we see happening on Palm Sunday in the Gospel of Luke. We see Jesus' support network, his ride or dies, his friends and family. We see both those who will comfort him from the foot of the cross and those who will fall asleep in the garden and run away, but eventually come back around. Jesus entered Jerusalem on a high note, and it went very wrong, very fast. But highs or lows, he was not alone. As we enter into this Holy Week, I invite you to consider the fabric of support that you have. Your friends, your family, your chosen family, your neighbors, your faith community, all of these are incredible. Each of you have benefited from these relationships. They are meant to sustain you in times of joy and sorrow, but you also have the ultimate ride or die. God is with you. There is no evidence of loyalty and solidarity that is more profound than the intentional ride into Jerusalem, the walk to Golgotha, the crown of thorns, the cross, and the empty tomb. God is with you. 
in your suffering, in your joy, on your worst days and on your best, when you win, when you lose, when your heart soars, and when it crashes to the ground and breaks in a thousand pieces. The promise of the triumphal entry is that nothing will stand in God's way to be with you. The entirety of creation tells this story. All beauty, all truth, all hope, all connection, all love, they all point to the same reality. We are entirely held. Ask anyone. Ask the rocks. Blessed is the sovereign who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace on earth and glory in the highest place.